In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, y'all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hello, psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. Today we have Anna Gannon. She is an international intuitive psychic as well as an energy work and intuitive development coach. As a former skeptic turned intuitive psychic, Anna has dedicated a large portion of her work to understanding how intuitive psychic information works and how everyone can learn to harness and connect with their own intuition. Her highly sought out psychic intuitive readings provide powerful insights into your life, including your past, present, and potential future. Her empowering energy work and intuitive development trainings supply you with all the tools you need to ignite your intuition and become your own intuitive healer. In this episode, we are going to talk about trust in yourself and trust in finding others to hold space and support you as you grow spiritually. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. So happy to be here. Well, we are happy to have you. I would love to hear your story. Uh, You mentioned that uh, you had your intuitive abilities blasted open in India in 2017, but also I saw that you were a marketing director. So I feel like we have a lot of synchronicities and commonalities because I'm in PR and communications and marketing. So I do want to talk about that too later. But yeah, just wherever you feel led to start first, please, um, you know, tell the people how you got started into all of this. Yeah, sure. So it's funny because I was actually at um, a kid's birthday party just last night. And I saw one of my friends since I've known since I was in first grade, maybe kindergarten. And she, she, my friends had just found out that I started doing this work a few years ago. And she was mentioning to me, like, how did you know, you know, like, how did you know that you could have the, had these gifts? And I was like, you know, what's interesting that I remember being young and just like waking up and there would just be people like sitting at the end of my bed, you know, like people that had passed. And for whatever reason, it didn't feel strange to me at the time. It was just something that would happen and they would give me messages. And even at a young age, I understood for whatever reason to go and give those messages to the person to not like let myself get in the way to just go do that. However, kind of as life evolved, I became 
very skeptical and of anything really, I'll just put in air quotes, woo woo, um, but also of like religion and just all different things. I just became really skeptical. Was there a reason for it? You know, it's funny because I'm thinking about this recently. I think that, so my mom is very Catholic and I'm the youngest of seven, Irish Catholic family. Wow, big family. <laughs> Huge family. We grew up um, going to church every Sunday. My mom like worked in the church, still did up until probably five years ago. She's in her 80s now. And I think at some point in my life, I created the story in my mind that people that believe in religious ideas or people that believe in God were in some way, shape, or form gullible. And for some reason, that word gullible became the opposite of what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So anything that I put under that umbrella, I immediately shut out. I like didn't want to be that. And it wasn't until, well, I got into yoga. I've been a yoga teacher for over 10 years. So that kind of like opened a door, but it was very much like a physical practice for me, the yoga, mm -hmm. and even in teaching very physical practice. But then in 2014, I became pregnant with my daughter. And during that time, I found meditation because I ended up losing my job when I was seven and a half months pregnant. So I had like lost my community, lost my job. It was a real challenging time in my life. And I turned to meditation at that time. So I'd been a yoga teacher, but I never, like, I wasn't going to meditate, you know, like it just wasn't my thing. I wasn't going to sit down and meditate. You kind of just went with the flow and the steps without actually doing it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when this happened, I kind of, Internally, I knew that all the feelings, emotions, thoughts that I was having, they just couldn't be good <laughs> for the life growing within me. There was just a lot going on. So I committed to a meditation practice in my third trimester. And it ended up really like shifting what would have been probably like the darkest trimester into the, the one that was filled with the most love just from simply starting a meditation practice every day. It totally shifted my perspective. So then I had my daughter and I started working for a meditation app, which is how I got into marketing um, and all those things. And I went through a really challenging time after I had my daughter, even though I was meditating, I went through um, postpartum depression. I was a stay-at-home mom working full-time from home while taking care of my daughter. So it was like impossible, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's something I would never recommend to anyone <laughs> doing. Yeah. It was very challenging. And a year after she was born, I kind of had this moment where I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I want. I, and I, I need space. Like I knew I needed space. So I was scrolling on Facebook one day and I was a podcast host, host at the time. I'd interviewed this woman for my podcast. And for whatever reason, I followed her husband on Facebook and he was a spiritual teacher. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see that he posts one spot left on my India retreat, leaving in a month. And I look at it and it's India retreat for two weeks, right? And I'm just like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. So then my husband comes home that night and I'm like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go to India. He's probably like, what, where did this come from? <laughs> he was like, okay. Yeah. Like he thought I was kind of like mm -hmm. kidding. And I was like, no, I already Seriously. bought the ticket. Oh, wow. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. I was like, you need to figure this out. You need to talk to your work. You need to work from home for two weeks and take care of our daughter. I'm going to India. 
So it's this really wild thing. And obviously all the emotions came up, right? Like, am I a horrible mother for leaving? But I got to this point where I was like, you know what? I understood something inside of me that leaving for India was not just about me. It was also a moment in time where my husband would get closer to my daughter, an experience they hadn't had to have, right? Like being together constantly. And I knew intuitively that when I came home from India, we would all be better off. They would be better for the time that they spent together and I would be better for the time that I spent. So I just leapt and went. And here, the reason why I booked... That really <laughs> so is trust. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it really Talking about is. trust, which we just said at the beginning. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the funny thing is though, is that I thought that this was going to be more of like a retreat. And what I mean by that is like, I thought I was going to be like kind of going for a little spa time. Like I was going to say, so there's different types of retreats. There's like the kinds you can sleep in and just have your coffee and like tea and meditate and all of that. And then there sounds like it was the other one. <laughs> it was the other one. And yeah. I didn't think about the other one, you know? So I go on this retreat and the reason why I was really going is yes, to like remember who I was, but B, I didn't want to have to make any decisions. I was like, great. Someone's going to like have breakfast, have lunch, have dinner, tell me where to go. I'll be there. I don't want to have to make any decisions. Well, here it ended up being a spiritual pilgrimage. Oh, wow. A big one. Mm -hmm. You can look this up. The person still does this. His name is David Wagner. He takes people to India every January. He's going this January for two weeks. But what happens on these retreats is that slowly but surely, you end up going to the most remote places in India. Like you just go through and you end up in places where literally kids would stop and stare up at me at the street because they had never, ever seen anyone like me. They didn't think, like, they don't have television, Mm -hmm. nothing. It was like this amazing thing. So on this retreat, as we're going from town to town, getting more and more remote, we're also stopping at temples. So every place that we go, it's like a ritual. You land in the place, you put yourself in the hotel or you know, the, the room that you're staying in, like by the end, I'm like washing myself with buckets, you know, like Mm -hmm. it gets interesting, but each time you're landing in a place, then you go to the temple. So I was really resistant to this as we're going through it. I'm like going to the temples. I know how to meditate. So I'm meditating, but I'm kind of like, David keeps talking about God. And I didn't really like that he was talking about God because I was having this moment in my existence where I just didn't want to talk about God. And, um, we end up in this last place on the retreat. It's this place called Alundi, India. I'm pretty sure it doesn't really exist. <laughs> Every time I ask people that are from India if they've ever heard of it, they're like, no. I'm like, okay, because it's just a magical place that doesn't exist. But we end up in this place, Alundi, India. As we're driving in, David says something to everyone that he had said every single time that we would land in, in an, uh, another village. And what he said is, can you feel the energy shift? Can you feel it change? And I remember thinking in my head, no, David, I don't feel the shift. (laughs) You know, I don't feel the shift. I don't know what you're talking about. And I end up, you know, going into the space that we were saying. I don't want to say hotel because it wasn't a hotel. It was more like a dorm situation. And um, we get ready and we go to the temple. And as we're going towards this temple in Alundi, I start to feel myself dropping into what I can only say, looking back in time, this really deep meditation. And I don't know if you've ever been to India before, but the temples are like, 
I always relate them to Disneyland. And what I mean by that is like, you know how there's those zigzag lines when you go to like amusement parks mm-hmm. or, or Disneyland? So the temples have those because every night, the entire village. It's like a pilgrimage actually like walking through. It's not just yes. a straight line because it's a process. Oh, no, mm-hmm. it's a process. You're going through and it's packed. It's packed. So we're going through this line. And as we're going through the line, I can feel myself dropping into the deepest meditation I've ever had. Although my eyes are open and I'm walking, right? We go through the line. We touch the deity. That's another thing. It's just, this is the ritual when you go to temples, touch the deity. And then David moves us into this other space in the temple where we sit down and we meditate. Again, this is just part of the ritual. I had done this at this point, like 20 times. So we go into the room. I sit down. It's like a cement bench around the whole room. And all of us sit down. And there's people everywhere, everywhere in this room. It's like a small room filled with 100 people. And I'm sitting down. And my back's to cement. I'm sitting on cement. And I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with people from the retreat. And I drop into a meditation. And immediately... I go again into an even deeper meditation I've never been in before in my life. And as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, I feel this electricity spark at the center of my pelvis and shoot up the back of my spine and over my shoulders. So it's like a kundalini rising? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what kundalini Mm -hmm. was. So I'm just like, what's happening? So it's like... (laughs) Every five seconds, I'm getting electrocuted, getting electrocuted, getting electrocuted. And then it starts happening from the bottoms of my feet up through my legs, through my spine and up to the crown of my head. And I could even feel when I pressed my feet into the ground, it would get faster. Yeah, because you're grounding yourself and charging even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and charging even more. Exactly. So it's shooting up through me. So this is an important part of the story and about, about trust. So on this retreat, there was two different women that were in the retreat that had said two different things at two different times that I had remembered. The first thing is that a woman felt like her head was going to explode. Okay. She was like, I I felt like my head was going to explode. And I got so nervous that it was actually going to explode that I opened my eyes and came out of the experience. Okay. So I have this in my head, right? Like if I, if my head gets too much pressure, don't open your eyes, right? The second woman, an experience that she had had is that she felt like her body was going through this crazy experience, but she got nervous that there was people all around her that were watching her. So she came out of the experience. So as this electricity is going through my body, what's crazy to understand is that I was literally shaking physically. So the people next to me could feel me every second shaking. And I know I'm hitting them. I know I look insane. I know I look like I'm literally getting electrocuted. I know there's people around. I know people are looking at me. And I remember the one woman who was scared that people were watching and she opened her eyes. And I thought, can I curse on this? Because it's just literally how yeah, I said it in my yeah, head. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> so literally, literally how I said it in my head is I went, fuck it. I don't care. And I stayed in it. And the electri- electricity grew faster and faster. And then it grew so much and built so much pressure in my head that it did feel as if, oh my goodness, my head is going to explode. Like, I really think my head is going to explode and I might die. And then I remembered that woman on the retreat that said, I opened my eyes because I thought my head was going to explode. And I thought, 
fuck it, let it explode. And I (laughs) stayed in. And right when I said that, all of a sudden there was this poof of energy. And I saw this black smoke, almost like if you could imagine you're in the center of a tornado, a black Mm -hmm. tornado spinning around my body. And then I saw this black liquid spinning in my pelvis and this architecture tool that is called a compass that makes a circle mm-hmm. on the crown of my head. And that was circling on the crown of my head. It was and like you were unlocking the, and moving all the blockages out and all the old stagnant energy. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that it was happening when I was making the choices to continue to stay mm-hmm. in it. That's how each thing kept getting unlocked. So I stay in there as more visuals. I felt, you know, in black space, all the things. And then all of a sudden I get this tap on my shoulder and I open my eyes and it's David, the spiritual teacher. And I look at him and he looks at me and there's this very unconscious thing of, he knows what I just experienced. I'm looking at him like what's happening. (laughs) And he says, let's go outside. Because again, this is a ritual. You sit in meditation, then you go outside the temple and you kind of hang out and then we leave. So we all exit the temple and we're in the outside grounds of the temple and I'm still getting electrocuted even though I open my eyes. So every five seconds I'm shaking. But as I stand up, I feel, oh my goodness, I am going to throw up right now. So I actually like keel over and I go to throw up. (laughs) I don't. All of a sudden I just go back up straight and I start hysterically laughing and I can't stop laughing. And then I just fall silent because I'm in complete shock. And I, I honestly have no conscious reasoning or understanding of what just happened to me. And I'm still getting electrocuted. So that night we go to um, eat some well, dinner. Well, it would either with be re- laughing, crying, one of the two extremes, right? Right. right. It's a relief mm-hmm. in some shape. Mm-hmm. Or, and it was also just very, um, it was just unconscious reactions. My body was having physical, emotional, mental reactions to something I couldn't understand at the time. So we go to eat dinner um, and everyone on the retreat's like, what happened? What happened to you in the retreat? And like the girl that's sitting next to me, the woman, she's like, I had meditation envy. What was going on? And I'm like, (laughs) I can't even talk right now. Like, I just can't. I can't speak. There's nothing. And I'm just eating and I'm still getting electrocuted. So I go to sleep that night, still getting electrocuted. And I'm like, this will all be fine. I wake up the next morning, still getting electrocuted. Was it like kind of when your finger is getting zapped if there's like a energy conduit or current or was it like, like what was the electrocution feeling? So it was as if, it's so hard to describe, but it was, as it was definitely an electrical current going through Mm -hmm. my body. And the only way I can describe is that it feels as if I was being electrocuted every five seconds. Okay. But it didn't hurt. It was just, was it uncomfortable or was it like, no, it definitely, mm -mm, it didn't hurt. What it felt like is, and this was hard to describe. I started to describe this to David, um, but it kind of felt like it was igniting in my sexual organs. That's what I can tell you. There was definitely a sensation that was igniting there. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that kind of feeling of electricity, but it was surging throughout my entire body. That's what a lot of people with Kundalini risings will say is that it's okay. it tends to feel sexual, like not orgasmic, but like where that no. energy would come from that like gets you just like in that uncomfortable release yes. of and then all of a sudden the release. And so that totally would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it was so challenging to like articulate because 
I've never felt anything like that for a prolonged period mm-hmm. of time, you know? So I wake up that morning. I, everyone wants to know what happens. So I sit down for satsang. I tell people what's going on. Then David tells me Kundalini rising. And I'm like, okay. Thanks for giving it a name. Yeah. Finally, exactly. almost a day later. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then we go eat breakfast. I'm still shaking to the point where like they eat soup in India sometimes for breakfast and I'm eating the soup on the spoon and it's shaking off of the spoon. Like I can't even eat because it's shaking off. I can't put it in my mouth. So at that point I say to David, like, okay, like this isn't funny anymore. Like, how does it stop? Like, am I like this forever? Like what is happening? And he starts to tell me, you know, well, this is something that ignited in you and, you know, don't worry, just like stay with the flow. And I was like, no, 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 it's not me. I'm like, it's in the ground. Like it came from the ground. It came from the temple. It's not me. And everyone's like, "Mm, it's in you. And I'm like, it's in the ground. I refused to believe that it was in me. I'm like, no, 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 it's in the ground. So then two days later, I'm still getting electrocuted and I get to the airport. I clean myself off in the bathroom, put on American clothes, get in the airplane. And as the airplane wheels are leaving the ground, I'm still getting electrocuted. And I was like, shit it's in me. (laughs) So I go home a very different person than when I left. When did it stop? So it stopped. Well, so I had to learn how to control it. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to turn it off and turn it on. And that took three months. Three months? Three months. That's just the beginning of it too, unfortunately. But yeah, so three months. I had absolutely no one. And David didn't like teach you anything or whatever. I mean, that's I mean, kinda... he did. He he did teach me, but you know how sometimes, and I love David and I'm so grateful for like that spiritual pilgrimage. And I went and sat with David um, since then. However, there was just this thing that intuitively I knew that in that moment, David was not my teacher, right? like the teacher that I needed in that like moment. He was, he was the conduit to have the experience, but he wasn't necessarily the teacher because if he hadn't experienced it before or didn't know, then how is he going to be able yeah. to teach you? So there's different exactly. people at different levels. Yeah, totally. Could understand yeah, and that. it's very interesting. I don't think that David ever experienced that. Like, I'm pretty sure he said that on the retreat. And I think that might have like in the back of my head been a thing too, that intuitively I just knew Mm -hmm. I can't talk to anyone that hasn't experienced this. The hard part was, is that there are not many people (laughs) that have experienced this. It's not like you could just Google people (laughs) that have experienced Kundalini awakening and that have the tools to be able to communicate how to support you in turning it on and turning it off. Right. So, and I tried, I went to like kundalini yoga classes i remember talking to this one teacher like i did this kundalini yoga which i had never done and then after the class i went up to her and i was like hey um i have a question like uh (laughs) i went to india and um this like electricity woke up my body in this temple and now it's just like in my body and she's like just sounds like you went to a really open place and you were really open and i was like okay yeah you have no idea what i'm talking about yeah how do (laughs) i shut it off (laughs) but the other thing was and this is um where i guess it gets even more interesting is that when i came home what started to occur which wasn't explained to me by david is that i started to hear people's thoughts oh wow so you got became really telepathic I became everything blasted open. Mm-hmm. I could see energy. I could feel people's energy as if it was my energy in my body. 
I would just know things about people for absolutely no reason. And again, I had no sense of community around me to understand what was happening to me other than me just slowly starting to think, oh my goodness, I'm crazy. Like I am legit crazy. So you went to find yourself and you really found yourself <laughs> like on a way deeper spiritual level than you ever thought possible. Way. I mean, not right. Not the, um, not the vision. Right. 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 Oh goodness. But here we are. Right. right. Like the vision mm-hmm. that was supposed to happen. So that the, all the kind of like psychic abilities, intuitive abilities open dramatically. I'm trying to talk to my husband about it. My husband is super closed off. I'm even closed off at the time, but it becomes apparent that I can't avoid my own experience. So that's when, so two years later, literally I had no one to talk to for two years. It was a very dark two years. So, so real quick, um, for the three months, you said you had the experience where you were like having the electrical impulses or pulses, and then you were able to turn it off. How did that work? And then I do want to hear about the two years piece in a second, but just in case people are wondering if they're experiencing this, how did Um, you get it mm -hmm. to finally shut down or shut off a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but I'll do my best. No one's actually ever asked this. So thank you for asking it because it's going to challenge me to have to um, explain. So the best way that I can explain how I learned to turn it on and off is that first I had to learn how it got turned on and then I could turn it off. So the way that it turns on is, um, so I'm sure that you've heard of like Kegel exercises, right? Like the, the kind of, um, the trampoline that we talk about as our pelvic floor. So when we do Kegel, I feel like all of a sudden I'm talking about like pelvic floor and postpartum and stuff, but anyway, um, I digress. So when this energy gets turned on in the pelvis area, it's actually a lifting up and pulling in that ignites the electricity. And once I figured out, I almost like had to, and I think I was probably using my abilities without even understanding that I was using them at this time, but I had to kind of like locate the button inside my body, just in my mind to be able to understand how does this turn on? And I'm like doing it right now, but obviously I'm not physically shaking, but you lift up and in and it turns it on and it travels up through your spine and out through your limbs and the crown of your head to turn it off is almost like a softening. It's so interesting, but it really is like pelvic floor exercises. When you turn it off, you soften in that area and the energy kind of releases. It's no longer electrical. It feels like a softening and a releasing down, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the best way. Have you ever experienced it? No, but I can see it in you as you're talking energetically in my, like my my visual or my third eye. And what I was seeing was, so when I've seen, I've had a kundalini rising, not to the extent that you have, but like where I felt the energy kind of coming up. And usually the way that my guides and angels have explained it is it's almost like a blasting of the doors off. It's like somebody has important, I'm getting chills as I'm saying that, that saying this, but like important work to do. So like, we're just going to lift off, like we're just going to blast this energy through you and the the big reason for that is that understanding how to control it how to turn it on and off and so for you it may be a little bit different than most people but i that totally makes sense because you're able it's almost like pilates 
like if you think about it, you're physically controlling your, you know, that physical aspect of yourself, but it's also energetic and how you're doing it. So that would totally make sense. Almost kind of like, um, I don't want to say ley lines, but what is it with the, with the chi, like an acupuncture and all of the, the pressure points within your body? Yeah. Those physical yes. pressure points on your body also have energetic pressure points. And so if it's internal and or external, it doesn't matter where it is. That's the, that's the on button or the off button. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's why I think it's challenging because it is internal. <laughs> right, so it's like, right. it's mm-hmm. not right. Like you can't press it. Like you can't physically press it. It's not like on your hand or yeah, like a spot. Yeah. It's like this inner kind of thing that you just do. I, I guess why Kegels are so hard, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like, this, like you have to do it internally. Um, so that happened. And then where was I? I don't remember. So that's how that Oh. oh, no, you were saying, so you came home and then you're explaining to your husband and then it was about two years until, so two years of like by being by yourself and alone. Yeah. So then two years after I came home, I was a co-founder of a meditation app. I'd been doing that since before I went writing meditations for an app called Expectful. And um, here we brought in some new investors. And during that time, one of the investors was a woman and a man. It was a wife and a husband. And the last step to us getting the investment for our company was for me to meet with this woman. And I meet with her and we have a lovely conversation. I really connect with her. And that was it. And afterwards, I asked my co-founder, like, or I'm talking to my co-founder about some stuff that's going on in my life. And I'm like, oh, I just feel like stuff's going on in my marriage and my work, like everything's out of balance. And he's like, you know, Maureen, who was our investor, the woman that I had talked to, he's like, you know, part of her advisor duty, like investor duty is to act as an advisor. Why don't we have her be your advisor, like your mentor? And I'm like, oh, I'd never had a therapist, nothing. So I'm like a little scared, but I'm like, all right, let's do it. I connected with her. Here, I come to find out. <laughs> so her name is Maureen Pelton. She's my mentor. I come to find out that she is a social scientist, an intuitive psychic, and has been studying embodiment for 30 years. Perfect fit. She is the embodiment of a powerhouse when it comes to energy. And she takes me under her wing. She says a few things that make me realize that she understands what I'm talking about and that she's way more advanced (laughs) than I, because I wasn't advanced. I was just all over the place. Um, And she teaches me. She brought me under her wing and she taught me all the things I didn't understand, which is like how to clear, how to ground, how to exchange energy, um, how to read energy, (laughs) how to read, how Mm -hmm. to not take it on, right? Like all the things that were just happening to me, she taught me the tools that I did not have in a toolbox. And from that point on, I started to realize as she's teaching me these tools, I'm like, I think... (laughs) that everyone can do this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure everyone has these abilities, but we've just forgotten. And I talk about remembering a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that we've forgotten. Now, I will say my mentor does not share this um, belief. She doesn't think that everyone has these abilities. I I do. I believe that everyone has these abilities. I do. I totally do. Hence the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, it's just kind of Mm -hmm. under the surface. And I feel like you just need to remember. So that's been that was my journey. And then my work has become into, I do do readings and I I love doing readings. I particularly love them because they connect me with people. And honestly, they're very easy for me because like, you know, I just show up and whatever comes through. 
But then I have a true passion where I teach people. So I teach people the energy work, the intuitive development. And what I found through teaching people one-on-one for over three years now is that they're totally learnable because they're just remembering. So if you bring people into the world of energy and they start looking at everything as energy, something starts to click. Yeah, I totally believe that. And the other reason for it is, is because when we come here, we're, you know, before we're in physical embodiments, we're energy. Um, We're these spiritual beings that just happen to then become physical and embody the physical body, right? And like you said, it's remembering. Now, I do think that some people just have more of a natural inclination towards it, depending on past lives, depending on their openness, depending on where they are spiritually in terms of their evolution, right? There's going to be that semblance of it. And so in some cases, some people may find it a little bit, quote unquote, more difficult to tap into it because of where they just are in that journey or that process. But at the end of the day, yes, totally believe that. And the reason for it is because my guides and angels told me it is our spiritual right. It's part of our spiritual DNA. It's part of our resonance. So we have the ability and the right to tap into it should we so choose. Now, we may not want to tap into it or we may not have that interest and that's totally fine. But if we do, then so be it. Then that just helps us to be easier, uh, more easily connected to the divine. Mm-hmm. I love I love the how you said the word choose too because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that that's what it's all about. It's like if you make the choice, then it's open to you. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Well, this is so fascinating. I, I the whole like the fact that you went for three months until you figure out how to turn it off and turn it back on, and then two years <laughs> before you found someone to kind of teach you and to move into that and going back to the whole trust component, that's that had to be really hard. What was your husband like during this whole experience <laughs> and process? Because he's like, hey, I thought I was giving my wife an opportunity to go to India and like just chill out. And then you come back and it's like a whole, it's, it's probably not as relaxing as he thought when you came back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like his, I want to say his reaction was, the reaction that you would imagine, but you know, everyone's different. So I guess you can't say that, but he, I think, didn't know what to do quite honestly. Like I was a real skeptic. We honestly like bonded over like not believing in religion right. and all those things. And then here I was like, I'm pretty sure I can hear what that person's thinking, you know, or like, mm-hmm. I know what's going on in that person's body. I, it took Honestly, we went through a really hard time in our marriage because it was this point where I knew that I was experiencing all these things. He didn't believe anything like that any of this was possible. And he did not believe what I was saying. You know, he would say like, I trust you, but I don't trust what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's like he, he couldn't possibly go there. And that became really, really challenging. And For a long time, I think that I was looking externally for validation, like whether it was my husband or my family or my friends. And that's why those two years were so hard because I didn't trust myself. I more so trusted what everyone around me was saying. And so I would experience these things and I'd be like, well, I must be crazy and I can't talk about them and I can't be open about what's really going on. So it was a really, really challenging time. And it wasn't until probably two, three years ago that my husband started to 
open up to the idea that what I was experiencing was real and true. And it, what it really took is me deciding that it was real and true for me. Because I pretty much at some point, I can't tell you exactly when it was, but after a lot of years doing this, I eventually hit a point where I just decided that I was going to trust myself and that I trusted my abilities over what anyone else was saying or any societal things. It just hit a point where I was just like, I'm done. I totally trust myself and that's it. And no one can ever take that away from me. And I think when I hit that point, my husband had a choice because I was not going to go back to not trusting myself. So he either had a choice to, you know, obviously we would end up not being together if he chose to just completely not trust me and not allow me to, you know, be who I was. Or he had the choice to rise with me and to see me clearly and to be open to listening to what I was experiencing. And like I said, it took a long time. We're still working on it in certain levels for him to get there. And now he's definitely like open to it. Like we, we parked our, he loves his car. (laughs) He loves his car. And we went on a date the other night and we were in a parking garage and he parked. And I was like, you need to switch parking spots. And he was like, why? And I was like, (laughs) someone's going to come around the corner and hit the car. I was like, you need to switch. And he was like, okay. (laughs) He's like, I'm not going to question this. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, when it comes to my car, you know? So I think that he's open to it, but it was definitely, you know, a hard, challenging time (laughs) to go through, to say the least. Yeah. You know what I love about this conversation and how powerful it is, is at the beginning of the episode, you were talking about how you were, because I said, well, what made you a skeptic or what made you kind of lean into that aspect of things? And you mentioned religion, but really the energy or the underlying message I was getting from that was that you were saying about God. It's not that you didn't believe in God. It's that people were giving away their power to an external thought or belief or something. And so it was the gullibility of it to say, I'm going to give this away. And it wasn't until full circle, you started to realize it's not about giving it to any external person, family member, whatever God even, until you realize it is within you. It is that connection to the divine and source that then it's like it connected, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you for putting those dots together. Because I, I mean, it's funny that I never connected those two things, but if you were to ask me like what I do now, it's full circle. Mm -hmm. What I do now with people is literally that I'm just taking them inside to see and understand their own power, their individual power Mm -hmm. and not in the way. And I always talk about not power over, not to get to a point where you're like, I'm more powerful. I have power over it's to be so in your power that then we're all in a shared power because that's what it is. It's just sharing of something that is whole and complete within yourself. But if you're giving parts away that are yours, or if you're, I kept thinking about, it. I went for a run the other day and um, I kept seeing cracks everywhere. Cause I've been thinking a lot about boundaries and this goes back to like trusting yourself and the connection of power. But what I've started to realize about boundaries is I was always thinking of them in terms of like, you need to have a wall, right? Or like making sure people don't get in or you don't let out what's not supposed to get out and let in what's not supposed to come in. And what I started to realize recently with energy, and I think it's just kind of been a slow drip, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, um, is that I think that boundaries really start 
with us feeling whole and complete within ourselves. Yes. Because if we feel, and I like my whole thing is I truly believe we are loved. Like I just believe that at the core of my being. I think that if we understand that we are loved and we truly love ourselves, I mean, truly, like not one ounce of not loving this being, that is the boundary because it doesn't matter what people say, what they do, because you are so whole and complete in yourself and knowing who you are, it is an immediate boundary. But if you don't love yourself or if there's parts of yourself that you're picking apart or beliefs that you haven't, um, beliefs that don't serve you, that you haven't kind of gotten out, there's little cracks. And when there's little cracks, it's way easier for stuff to then get in. But if there's no cracks, nothing can get in. That's how at least it started to look for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like energetically? Oh, absolutely. Because, But actually, I'm going to take it a step further. It's not a boundary. It's right. actually when you are, because I totally a thousand percent believe, because I've said this before on the show, we and our only purpose is to be love. That's the only purpose. And so true. there's no fear. Yep. There's no whatever. Like you can talk about all the negative vibrations, energies, feelings, whatever. But at the end of the day, we are all love. We, it's hard for us to be part of it. It's hard for us to return to source. It's hard to re-remember, like you were saying, to connect with it. But when you think about it at the heart, what it really is, is that if you are in true love, that's power. It's not power as much as it's empowerment is what my guides and angels are saying. And when you're empowered and you're standing in that truth, when you're standing in that resonance, when you're standing in that love, it's ebb and flow and nothing can touch you. So it's not even really a boundary. We talk about boundaries because I think energetically, when we're not understanding and we're not in that energy flow, then we need to have boundaries because we've got to find the on and off button, <laughs> right? And that's totally okay. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's empowerment. It's um, it, your, your energy and your light is so bright and flowing to such an extent that it's just it just is. Yes. It just is. Oh, I love how you just ended that. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so happy. Thank you for just putting that all together. I, I'm almost a little in awe of you because I was like, oh my goodness, like you feel the same way that I feel. And it's so nice to have that because sometimes it's hard to describe. It really is. It's so mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. and it's essence. It's simple. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No. And thank you. Because I, it, the other thing is, is that when people ask and it can be hard, like our egoic minds and our sense of judgment of selves. And like you were saying, like the self-love and or the love of ourselves and our being, it's hard because you're just like, is that all it is? And that's right. all it is, <laughs> you know, I mean, and truly our purpose, like we can have a calling, we can have a feeling or knowing of like, this is what I need to do as a person or as a human being and take it to that next level. But again, if you're just kind of figuring that part of yourself out and is um, like you've had, like, cause your guides and angels are saying, or your higher self is like, she went through all of these things to get to the point to be able to share her experience. Because if she hadn't gone through it, like you were saying that sense of community, for two years, right? Not knowing who to turn to and the Google searches or the searches online. I mean, it's hard to find that. So to be able to, you know, find that sense of community can be very difficult. But the reason you went through that is to be able to share. It's a whole deeper meaning. But also, if all you did was not even share it with other people or teach other people and just were yourself and to experience it, that changes the whole trajectory of not just yourself, but your husband, your family, your friends, that smaller circle and community that's around you. 
Yes. Yes. Wow. And I never really thought about it that way. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. You know, cause I think that so much in my forward motion has been, how can I share this with other people? Like, how can I help them learn and remember and come back to themselves, right? And embody love. And I think along that path, I don't think I've fully looked around to see the people that are constantly around me mm-hmm. rather than the people that I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So thank you for saying that. Because when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it's, sometimes you forget that that's part of the path as well. Because it feels like a path where you're kind of like, at least for me, this is personal, but... To me, that experience with my family, with my immediate family, my extended family, my friends, some of them, some of them have always been very open to this, um, has felt more like a battle right? than something where I was supporting in some kind of evolution, right? And we're always supporting each other in evolution. I'm not trying to say like I'm evolving, right? Those people. But I never turned to kind of look at that in that way. And it really rounded it out for me when you said that. I'm grateful that you said that, not just for me, but for, I just get this sense that that might be something that touches a lot of people that you just said that to look around at the people that are always in your life rather than the people that either you're training or working with, whatever it is, when we kind of just get really narrow focused to expand it out from that lens. I don't know. I feel like you just gave me a gift. So I just want to say thank thank you. You You gave me a gift for being on here. What I was also getting about you And part of your higher purpose or calling, and you can tell me if I'm incorrect here, is exactly that, is that how can I take this because I felt so alone and share this with other people so that they can understand their process and where Mm -hmm. they fit into the quote unquote world, whether it's this world or the spiritual world, right, in their journey. And it is such an intimate feeling, I guess, when you feel so alone and then when you find your sense of community, even if it's just that one person, but what kept popping up in my mind, and that's why when you said it's important for other listeners too, is it's like, don't discount the power of just when you stand in your own truth and when you stand in that vibration and that knowing that just by you being and being almost like an example um, teaches other people, not that that's your your purpose. Like your purpose is not to fix other people. It's not to be their solution, but it is a helping hand. It's that that part of yourself, at least from my perspective. And so that's what I was getting. And um, I think that that's a big piece. And they were saying with your husband and with your children and with your family and friends, and just something that I think we forget sometimes, like I do too. It's like, I almost, you know, my angels are kind of shushing me the other day, like, hey, you help all these other people. And they were like, look in your own house, look in your own family, your own community. And how are you like, are you showing up for them too? And I was like, you know what? I think I am, but I'm probably not if you're mentioning this to me. Mm, Yeah. Yes. It's not that we don't have enough to do. But it's a nice reminder, you know, that there's there's community and then there's community. So I did want to ask you, um, well, first of all, thank you for everything that you do and sharing that fascinating story. I haven't heard anything like it before. So it was such a treat for me. But how would, should people reach out to you? How would you like them to contact you? And please share any of your offerings and other things that you would like to have the listeners know. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on my website. It's just my name. Try to keep it simple. So it's just anagannon.com or on Instagram. I hang out there a lot, um, which my handle is anagannon here. 
And just be really careful when you type that in because there's a lot of fake accounts. So just know my handle. There is so many fake accounts um, out there. So that's my Instagram. Yeah, it's Anna, A-N-N-A, Gannon, G-A-N-N-O-N, here, H-E-R-E, dot com. Yes, you got it. Anna could also be A-N-A. So Anna with two N's. Mm -hmm. You got it. So um, that's that. And then what I do, so I offer uh, intuitive psychic readings, which I do like 25 minutes or 55 minutes. And those are just readings where you come with whatever you need. I'm also a medium. So if you have someone that you want to connect with, people just tend to show up. (laughs) But you, if it's exactly what you want to do, you can always come and talk to me about that as well. And then I train people, which is a love of mine. So I train people one-on-one right now, energy work basics, and then um, intuitive development. However, starting in January, I'm just putting it out there because I know I need to do it. Um, I'm going to start to do group training. So right now, everything is one-on-one, but I've been keep, I keep getting messages um, from my guides that I have to start doing this in a group capacity, not only because it's going to allow me to be more powerful with my time, but also to allow people to come together and to really learn from one another. Mm -hmm. Because that has been such a dynamic and is such a gift that I feel like I haven't been able to hold that space for people. So that's just what we were talking about, the trust in the community and the support. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Such an awesome conversation. And again, if people want to reach out to Anna, you can find her information in the show notes. And yeah, let us know what you think. And if you've had a Kundalini rising and or it hasn't stopped, then you can reach out to her and she can help (laughs) you shut it off potentially. I'm here for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, we need you. So thank you. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 